Tonight, Ewan McGregor is looking forward to Obi-Wan, Discovery Season 3 is working from home, and we remember a legendary hobbit. All that and more on the sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight! Comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, and more. If you're looking for a roundup of geeky news, you're in the right place. This is Multiverse Tonight! And here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 82 of Multiverse Tonight. I'm, of course, uh, your host, Thomas Townley. And uh, right at the top of the show, let's say happy birthday to the master cinematic parody, Mel Brooks, who turned 94 uh, just this past Sunday. Now, there are very few movies of his that I don't love. But uh, anyway, the, the start of the episode, if you'll remember, back in episode 80 of the show... I had a conversation with Jason and Tim from Sci-Fi For Me's H2O podcast about Sci-Fi For Me's Indiegogo campaign. Well, I'm sad to say that Jason decided to call it off after he wasn't going to get close to the goal. You know, I wish him the best of luck in their future endeavors. And, uh, you know, you know, if you first you don't succeed, try, try again. Now, by the way, if you want to give me a hand, just go to the website and hit the support me link at the top of the page. Now, let's go on to the Star Wars news. Solo is finally coming home. Solo, a Star Wars story, was one of the last Star Wars films that was stuck at Netflix. But with the partnership between Disney and Netflix coming to an end... Solo will now be premiering on Disney Plus, beginning on July 10th. This next story goes out to my listeners in the United Kingdom. Variety reports that Disney will be bringing the 4K Ultra HD edition of Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back to theaters in the UK. Theater chain View will be the exhibitor of the upgraded movie and will be offered for viewing for their July 4th reopening. Now, theaters in the UK have been closed since March 16th due to the coronavirus pandemic, much like theaters here in the United States. Now, uh, Star Wars, the Rise of Skywalker music composer, Michael Giancono, had a secret role in the, in the last movie as one of the Sith Troopers. Michael Giancono posted a picture of himself and J.J. Abrams as he was dressed in a Sith Trooper outfit. Giancino has a lot of work on his plate on his plate as he will be scoring Jurassic World Dominion as well as The Batman. Ewan McGregor is really looking forward to the Obi-Wan series. That will be coming to Disney Plus. The actor told Ace Universe Presents, quote, I think I'm going to enjoy it much more. The prequels were all blue screen and green screen and it was hard to imagine. But nowadays I think things have moved on so much and I think a lot of what you see is going to be what we see on the set. I don't know if you've seen the behind the scenes of the Mandalorian series, but they employ that incredible screen. It's pretty amazing. It makes you feel like you're in the place. It's going to feel realer to us as actors. And I think we'll be using some of that technology on our show. Unquote. Now, the Mandalorian 
has been highly praised for its use of an immersive series of LED screens that have been used to create an almost holodeck-like experience. However, uh, when the Obi-Wan series will go into production is still up in the air. The first chapter of Star Wars The High Republic Light of the Jedi has been released online. The new Star Wars franchise, set 200 years before Episode 1, was revealed and was supposed to have launched this summer, but was delayed until January of 2021. Coronavirus again. However, IGN has gotten its hands on the first chapter from the novel by Charles Soule. Charles Soule described it as, quote, This excerpt is our first look at the moment that changes the High Republic forever. The destruction of the Legacy Run is the catalyst for a galaxy-wide disaster. Fragments of the destroyed cargo vessel begin flying out of hyperspace at super-accelerated speeds, meaning that deadly missiles of debris can appear anywhere at any time, from the outer rim to the core. In this moment of crisis, the Republic turns to the guardians of peace and justice, the Jedi. The opening beats of Light of the Jedi depict an epic disaster and a heroic, thrilling response by both the Republic and the Jedi to save lives and end the crisis. It's just the beginning, though. The legacy-run disaster kicks off a much larger story. It really is just one piece of a much bigger saga. Unquote. Now, you can go to IGN to read that excerpt, and uh, you can read the book this January. Now, let's go on. Star Trek news. Star Trek Picard director Hanel Culpepper sat down with Variety and talked about how she laid the foundation for Star Trek Picard in the first three episodes. When asked about her visual approach, she answered, quote, I want it to feel inspired by where Picard was on his emotional journey. He was living in the vineyard. He felt trapped. So I wanted to have it a little bit more of a static frame and then go handheld once his world is rocked in the pilot. We switched to handheld cameras pretty much as much as possible after that. It's Star Trek. We have to get these those big cinematic shots with drones and cranes and stuff, but we always wanted to not forget that it's really a character-driven series with Picard at the heart, unquote. Now, she was asked about the balance of the cinematic approach with the character-driven nature of the show. She said, quote, we went for a warmer color palette and a more contrasty look. I used an anamorphic lens. We embraced flares. We embraced shadows. The main thing exec producer Alex Kurtzman wanted us was to always see both eyes. So the DP and I worked to make sure that when we came to in the close-ups, you could see both eyes and all the emotional expressions that the actors were giving, unquote. Executive producer Akiva Goldsman would talk to IndieWire about what he plans for Season 2, telling them that we will see more Starfleet. Quote, We know that bringing in that fleet was a little bit of promise, so we try to be thoughtful about it. Especially as we go forward, we're going to start making statements about really what the world of Starfleet, at least technologically, if not socially and culturally. These are the things that are likely to get a little bit more play than they did in Season 1. And what was essentially a story about somebody who is outside of Starfleet, unquote. Now, he also, also hinted that the possibility of more Brent Spiner in, in the future, saying, quote, I think you always want another soon. Goldsman said, I think that we went, wanted to feather in the possibility of more Brent. And we knew we were letting Data go. We all knew that this soon character had been in our head canon when it came to the season anyway. 
but we want more Brent. We wanted to create a platform for which there could be more Brent in the future. Unquote. And it would be interesting to see Starfleet, perhaps, using Picard and the crew of the La, C- La Serena as troubleshooting ambassadors, and maybe they need Dr. Soon's help every now and then. You know, he might come in handy. Now, by the way, there is a great interview in the Los Angeles Times with Michael Chabon and Patrick Stewart over how Patrick was brought back to Star Trek by Chabon's writing. Uh, to put it shortly, mildly, he wrote an idea that Picard was a road manager for a traveling theater group performing a Simon Beckett play. Now, it's a great interview. Uh, I don't have, you know, I didn't want to put the entire thing into the show here, so I'll just have a link to it in the show notes. Go and check it out. Now, there's some good news. COVID won't stop Discovery Season 3. Well, I guess that's good news if if you like the show, bad news if you hate the show, I don't know. Um, production wrapped up back in February, before the big shutdown, and post-production was able to be moved to remote working. Now, according to others, Scott Gamzon, they are working as best and as fast as they can, but they're slowed by working from home. Even producing the score has been a challenge, as composer Jeff Roos has had to have each, each musician record their parts from home, and he had, had he's had to basically piece that all together. However, with restrictions in Canada and California working, hopefully uh, they can get closer to normal operations and get the season ready for eventual air. I guess uh, we'll just wait and see. Now, another show on the horizon, and one that I really can't can't wait for, Star Trek Lower Decks, now has a TV home in Canada. It will air on CTV Sci-Fi and stream on Crave. Now, good news, and uh, I'm sure everyone will want to see the animated series, as it might have guest appearances by Next Generation characters. Showrunner Mick McMahon hinted to Entertainment Weekly, quote, There are a lot of recognizable characters in the galaxy at at that point. Next Gen is my favorite era, and as a huge Trek fan, I would definitely want to try to use some of them so that I could not only build out the world, but also work with some of my heroes. But I can't get more specific than that. You'll have to wait and see. Unquote. The show will air later this year. Can't wait. Creation has started selling tickets for the rescheduled Star Trek Las Vegas convention. The con was moved from August to December, and from its longtime home at the Rio Hotel and Casino, and Casino to the brand new Caesars Forum Conference Center, which is connected to Harrah's Hotel and Casino. As of right now, 67 Star Trek celebrities have been confirmed. However, might I suggest you get the travel insurance if you're planning on going, as this could always be canceled anyway. Now, on the heels of the Picard facepalm bust comes the Commander Riker facepalm mini-bust. Now, this was originally planned as a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, and the bust is available in a limited 1701 pieces, of course, and, but uh, you can go ahead and order it from IconHeroes.com for the low, low price of $90. Now, I'll have a link to that in the show notes. And uh, may the palms be with you. Now, let's go to the geek news. Rick and Morty... Rick and Morty creator Dan Harmon is a busy, busy man. 
Dan has a new deal now with Fox to develop a brand new animated series that will premiere in spring of 2022. The new show has no name yet, but uh, will be a broadcast-only exclusive. Harmon will create and develop with Fox Entertainment and Bento Box Entertainment with animating it. Now, Rick and Morty just finished its fourth season, and there are plenty of new seasons planned. And uh, while you're uh, going, while you need something to watch, go to go to Hulu and watch Solar Opposites. Fun show. The Critics' Choice Awards has been postponed and will now take place on March 7th. It will take place at Barker Hangar in Santa Monica, Santa Monica, California, and with Tay Diggs hosting, and they'll air on The CW. Now, this follows news that the Oscars are being pushed back to April 25th, and they're changing the rules to fit the pandemic. The Emmys, in other news, have decided to make some changes also to their nominations. To start, every category will have at least four nominations. Now, if there are 20 to 80 submissions, there'll be five nominees. If it continues to rise until 240 shows have been submitted, then the cutoff will be eight nominations. The Emmys are scheduled for Sunday, September 20th. Now, Hulu, as I mentioned, seems to be very happy with its new animated shows Solar Opposites and Crossing Swords, and has given both shows another season order. Now, Solar Opposites already had a season two order, so this will give it three seasons total. And uh, Solar Opposites comes from Rick and Morty's Justin Roiland and Mike McMahon. And Crossing Swords comes from producers John Havertine IV and Tim and Tom Root, who are best known for Robot Chicken. And uh, it's also a very, very cute, very funny animated show. Go check it out. An Animorphs movie is now in development. Yep, that's right, folks. The Animorphs. The 1990s teen book series by K.A. Applegate. And it's coming courtesy of Scholastic Entertainment and Picture Start Animorphs. Now, Picture Start. Animorphs follows five teens who can morph into any animal they touch. The user powers to fight a secret alien invasion. The book series had 54 books and a Canadian TV series in the late 90s. And this was after my time in school, so I don't know much about it. By the way, are you funky looking? An actor? And you live in New Zealand? Amazon's Lord of the Rings series wants you. Now, New Zealand tele agency BGT Actors models and talent has a casting call posted on their facebook page for new zealand residents with an overbite face burns long skinny limbs deep cheekbones a line on your face uh, acne scars ears that stick out bulbous or interesting noses small eyes big eyes skinny faces or missing bones preferable and it's open to uh, anyone between the ages of 18 to 65 so uh all you weird people fall out now, uh, some sad news to finish out the show. Movie producer Scott Stuart Kornfeld has passed away from cancer at the age of 67. He produced Zoolander, Zoolander 2, Megamind, Tropic Thunder, Blades of Glory, Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny, Dodgeball, Scott Starsky and Hutch, The Fly, and The Fly 2, and co-produced National Lampoon's European Vacation. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of sad, you know. There's a lot of movies there. If you notice, a lot of Ben Stiller movies. He he basically had a great deal with with Ben Stiller. 
And uh, finally tonight, we say goodbye to a legendary actor. Ian Holm has passed away on June 19th. He was born on September 12th, 1931. And uh, when he grew up, he went to the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. He was in interrupted soon after by the British Army, where he served in Austria and attained the rank of Lance Corporal. He would go back to the Academy, where he graduated in 1953, and would become an established star of the Royal Shakespeare Company, before finally breaking into TV and movie acting. In 1965, he played Richard III in the BBC miniseries The Wars of the Roses. He had many roles over the years, but geek fans will remember him in 1979's Alien as Science Officer Ash, the villain who had secret orders to bring the alien back. He also was in Chariots of Fire, Time Bandits, The Fifth Elm uh, Grey Stroke, The Legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Rings, Brazil, 1997's The Fifth Element, as Father Vito Cornelius, The Day After Tomorrow, and many, many more. But he will be forever remembered for his role in the Lord of the Rings trilogy as Bilbo Baggins, the hobbit who causes his nephew to return the ring to the fires of Mount Doom. Ian would later reprise the role for the first and last Hobbit films, helping to bookend that story. Now, he's had many honors in his life. In 1989, he was made a commander of the Order of the British Empire, and in 1998, he was honored with the title of Knight Bachelor. He has also won the Tony Award, the BAFTA, the Annie Award, and was nominated for Emmy and Oscar Awards. Now, Mr. Holm was married four times and had five children. He was treated for prostate cancer in 2001 and was also diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. He died in London on June 19th from complications from Parkinson's. Ian Holm was 88 years old. And it's very sad. Uh, my mother, you know, if you don't know, died from Parkinson's related illness. So, you know, I feel for him, feel for him there and I feel for his family. That brings us to the end of the sci-fi news. Now, uh, be sure to check us out on our social media. We're at Twitter, at Multiverse Tom. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And if uh, you'd like to contribute some money, please visit mtpodcast.com to go to our uh, coffee, Patreon, and now Glow.fm as well. Or uh, just go to Multiverse Tonight. And hit the support me link at the top of the page. And be sure to visit multiversetonight.com to check out the affiliate marketplace links, the link to our T Public store, our show notes, and so much more. And, and, uh, be sure, if you're a subscriber, be sure to share us with your friends. And if you're brand new to the show, please be sure to uh, let us know, you know, and subscribe and, you know, give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Now, special thanks to Shane Ivers for our intro music and outro music, and Lobo Loco for our outro music. Thanks for watching the sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight. We'll be back in just two weeks with the comic book edition. Now, please exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. <laughs>